Folks, welcome into a brand new episode, the inaugural episode of the 2021 fantasy season, Trainwreck Fantasy Football. We had a blast with you guys when we were doing the DFS in the playoffs last year, so we're super excited to finally dive into what we can be expecting in 2021. But first, as we see in the name of the show, this is Fantasy Football 101. It's going to be a very easy show here. We're just going to talk basic mistakes you don't want to make. I know Chris is working on an article about that, so you're going to want to look out for that on trainwrecksports.com. It's going to talk about different draft strategies, going to talk about different fun league styles, fun rules you can make to make your league just even more engaging for yourself and everyone involved. Wake here, the founding father of the dart of the day, the dart daddy, meerkat himself, and Chris Alimo. Uh, fantasy football contributor here at Trainwreck Sports. Great show, but before we get into it, we got to talk about Manscaped. Our great friends at Manscaped. You know, the flowers have been blooming for quite some time. Spring is over, and if you haven't chopped the weeds yet, man, you might be in some trouble, but not if you have the Lawnmower 3.0. They just released the Lawnmower 4.0 as well, so you got to get your hands on that. They are the single greatest in men's below the waist grooming, and with tr- promo code Trainwreck, you can get 20% off and free shipping. At manscaped.com so definitely head over there take advantage of that code while you can guys it's the summer this isn't too early to start talking about fantasy football right meerkat june isn't too early right no i mean i would have been fine kicking it off right after last season ended <laughs> I, I, mm-hmm. I, we could talk fantasy forever there's so much to dive into getting ready for the season and stuff and now that draft and everything settled the the bulk of free agency this is the perfect time to start getting into it because a lot of people you know draft in july so give us a month or so get you guys prepped up we're ready to go we are ready to go. and chris like i said you're working on an article about mistakes that you don't want to make in your fantasy leagues and that's what we're going to be talking about first here today is just mistakes that you want to avoid whether it's in the drafts whether it's in the regular season so maybe give the people what they want give them a little teaser what's one mistake that people should avoid doing in their fantasy leagues in 2021 uh, for me uh something that i've really noticed uh could really deplete your roster is if you're going to pick a tight end, don't pick an early quarterback and vice versa. Because mm-hmm. those one position, you know, low depth, uh, you know, positions, if you choose a quarterback in round five and, you know, a George Kittle or a Travis Kelsey, you're really leaving the rest of your team kind of bleeding. Um, my suggestion is I would take an early round, earlier round tight end and then take a quarterback later because you could always get your Herbert. Like last year, I'm saying uh, mm-hmm. I got Herbert late last year. I got Ryan Tannehill late last year. You don't have to waste a high value draft pick on a quarterback if you're going to pick a tight end. But if you if you're going to leave the tight end position empty, it will. Uh, you can take a, your quarterback, your Lamar Jackson. But if you're picking both, just know you're going to be bleeding. Your uh, your uh, reserves are definitely going to be bleeding. Yeah, I I hate I've always hated drafting quarterbacks high. And Chris in the one league we're in together last year, I took Mahomes high. It ended up winning me the league. That was one of the picks that really won me that league. But you know, quarterbacks and tight ends, even just one of them, it's kind of tough to swallow that sometimes. Uh, so I think that's a really good call, making sure people don't do both. Meerkat, what's some mistakes that you think that people should be avoiding this year? Uh, kind of like what Chris said. Be careful in that area for sure. 
Uh, one main mistake, though, that people do is don't don't even care about like the ESPN rankings and stuff like that. It's pretty much just carried over from last year's stats. They want to be safe, you know. They're not going to give you anyone that could be a huge breakout or something, you know, because they want to be safe. They don't want to be wrong. They'd rather be like really close or around that area. So they're just going to carry over their stuff. If you know drafts, you're doing a later draft, and there's been a lot of drafts. Start looking at players' ADPs and stuff. See what other people opinions actually are um and don't be afraid to you know take the guys with upside the guys in a new system you know coming from a backup role getting more touches but you're unsure how he's going to work in that role rookies one of my favorite things to invest in in a draft like just mm-hmm. just ignore those ignore those espn rankings i mean there's a lot of fantasy guys and stuff who have more detailed rankings and all of that but think for yourself right mm-hmm. yeah i know chris you you love rookies last year last year when you were putting out content for us i know you wrote a lot about cam Akers. um so anything on rookies maybe you want to say just you know how to approach them for drafts is there you know any methodology you have for them right um i'm just going to go off of what meerkat said don't listen to the espn rankings because yeah. for example, they had clyde edwards alaire uh, ranked above a jonathan taylor last year and jonathan taylor ended up top 10 almost top five running back so you know the safe picks uh, quote unquote safe picks like Clyde, you know, use your own gut. You know what I mean? Uh, I had the number one overall pick in a dynasty draft and I ended up trading it, trading down to number two, getting an extra third round pick. And I got Jonathan Taylor and JK Dobbins for this. Wow. Year. So instead of Clyde Edwards, Alaire, uh, whoever else, I don't think I had a third round pick. Mm-hmm. I now I have, you know, Jonathan Taylor and JK Dobbins. So just, you know, like what Meerkat said, follow your gut. Uh, don't listen to the rankings. Um, mm-hmm. Also look at the landing spot because, you know, that Indianapolis offensive line was kind of a no-brainer. Uh, just mm-hmm. away. So just big risks often uh, heed the biggest rewards. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. pretty much what I would have to say. Yeah, and obviously there are a lot of uh, young running backs going early in this draft. We have obviously Najee Harris is looking like he's a first-round fantasy talent this year. Travis Etienne maybe more in the third to fourth round range, maybe because he's actually a a wide receiver now, not a running back, LOL at Urban Meyer. Um, So, you know, definitely with rookies, there's a lot more to consider. One thing that's kind of a a mistake that I used to make a lot is kind of like – you know, like it was alluded to a little bit already. When you get into the later rounds of the draft in particular, you get to a point where it's a lot of really safe guys like Jamison Crowders, like a lot of people who can consistently get you like seven to 10 points every week, but too many of those guys aren't going to win you your league. And then there's going to be more guys who aren't like him, more maybe like a Daryl Henderson, where they're an injury away from being an RB2 and RB1. You have to understand the difference between the types of players outside of just what position they're filling on your roster, right? If you have too many Daryl Henderson types, your floor is going to be exponentially lower. Your ceiling could be higher because they have a high ceiling, but there's a lot that has to happen for them to reach that potential. Same thing if you have too many Jamison Crowders. If every wide receiver you have is safe seven to 10 points every week, you're probably not going to win all year. And But, you know, you'll probably be the most consistent team in the league. You don't want consistency. You want, you want firepower. You want fireworks. You want flash. You want a healthy mix of those guys. So, like, last year, if you drafted, like, a, a late, later on running back in Cam Akers, who, by all accounts, had a longer shot to make it, and also someone who was thought to be pretty uh, pretty consistent, like a Cole Beasley, those are two of the biggest steals in the draft. So 
balancing those, I think, is extremely, extremely important. Uh, you know, Robbie is asking when uh, when fantasy football leagues start. They start whenever you fucking want them mm-hmm. to, Robbie. That's the beauty of it. I know guys who have been drafting now. I know people. No, every, all of my leagues, we don't even have the draft order set yet. It's all about the pace and what you guys do. If it's a really intense league, you know, obviously you're going to be more at it right now. I sent out a group chat, their group text, just because I know I want to do an in-person draft for one of my leagues this year. But that's the furthest I've gotten. So go at your own pace. You know, that that's that's all I can say for that. Uh, Chris, maybe add one more mistake uh, that you want to avoid in drafts or in your leagues in general this year. Right. Um, so I would have to say be patient. Uh, mm-hmm. Just back on Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, people, uh, players like that. Um, you know, they didn't really explode into the second half of the season. Uh, but that's the time you really need these guys, right? Um, and on top of that, I just want to throw this in. Longer season this year, right? Yes. Players will have buys during the playoffs, right? J- Jonathan Taylor has a buy the first round of this year's playoffs. So oh, just wow. okay. keep an eye on that. Um, you know, the, the buys are going to be all messed up now that there's a uh, longer season. Uh, just keep it in mind. Don't go into the draft prepared uh, in knowing mm-hmm. these things. Uh, so, yeah. In, in, in kind of, you know, maybe in opposition to that, I've almost never paid attention to bye weeks. Now that, now that they will go into the playoffs, I absolutely will because that's when they really matter. But, like, let's say maybe just a follow-up question to that. You're going through the draft, and you have two dynamite wide receivers. Both have uh, week six buys. Then you maybe you know you're filling out your lineup, and then you see that you have a, another wide receiver, insane value in like the seventh round, same bye week as those guys. Does that scare you off? You need no. a, you need a trade. <laughs> you take you take the value. You take the value no matter what. You figure it out along the way. You know whether you're ditching you know your depth defense or tight end or something and just streaming somebody from free agency for that week uh praying you can get what you drop back but i i think you when you have a chance to take a big value in a draft just because of a bye week or you know you might already have three or four receivers you don't want a fifth um you still got to do it because you know a lot of trades happen early in fantasy football a lot of players go down with injuries early in the season and the value sometimes just, you know, if you can pounce on it, it's very worth it in fantasy football. Yeah. Chris? Um, yeah, I, that's that's a good point. Um, so you just, you just don't want to not take a good player just because of some odd, you know, some like a bye week or something. Um, good players are good players. Also depends on how much your – how the roster is constructed, like three wide receivers and a flex – if that's mm-hmm. the case, building a little bit of depth wouldn't hurt you. Um, I mean, if if you have to throw away one week to have a stacked roster the rest of the season, that's fine with me. I, I guess that would be a uh, unpopular opinion amongst most fantasy uh, you know, players. Mm-hmm. But pick the best player on the board. You know, don't don't try to get cheeky or anything. Just pick the best players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I'm not scared of bye weeks. If I'm going to lose one week because all my best players are on the same bye week, you know, then hopefully I'll just go 13 and one and, you know, you know, I'll call it a dub there and get into the playoffs. Not uh, what was, yeah, and then exactly. Then it's out of the way. And, you know, you have the rest of the season to look forward to. Um, Meerkat, uh, you and I will each give one more mistake that people should avoid. And then we'll move into talking a little bit about draft strategy. You're muted, buddy. 
Oh, my bad. Sorry. One mistake that I've made. I'm pulling a you. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, I've one mistake though that I've made in the past, and you know I'm starting to overcome it a bit, but I still let it creep over me. You know, take control of what I'm doing and address. Sometimes is just personal bias, like being in love with a player or a team. You know, people on your team like wanting to, you know, maybe draft a Devin Singletary or somebody because they're a Bill over somebody who might be a better value just because they're close in the rankings or whatever. Um, you know, you'll you'll take those guys. You'll reach sometimes. Like, I guarantee my draft, my friends this year, like Josh Allen's probably going to go first overall. I, I don't have the pick just because <laughs> yeah, of bias right. and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there will be six bills taken in the first round, stuff like that. You know, like people just take bias into account a lot of the times. And, I mean, sure, it works out. Like, it's helped me with Josh Allen last year and some of my sure, more serious yeah. leagues, like taking him, you know, kind of mid rounds instead of later where he was going and it paid off, but you just got to be careful with that. Yeah, no, play, play your home. Like in my, even in like fantasy baseball leagues and like, obviously this football, but my brother is a giant pirates fan. He is. And I could not tell you why, because they <laughs> suck now. They're embarrassing. I was, I was raised in a Pittsburgh family and I still can't get behind the pirates, but uh, you know, he would always take the former Pirates, the current Pirates. And so if the, if you were ever, like, picking behind him, you'd be like, oh, he's definitely going to take a Pirate here. Or he's definitely going to take Garrett Cole here, the former Pirate, you know? Uh, so especially if you're in home leagues, like, really take that into account. I never get bills in any of my leagues anymore because I always go at least a round or two too early, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, no, that's – yeah, knowing who you're playing with in your leagues is really important, honestly. Um now, the next one I'm going to do, I had two that I wanted to get to, uh, and I, I'm going to pick one, and mainly because it's really relevant just for this year, especially with Kyle Pitts. And this is not saying Kyle Pitts is not going to be a great tight end. He's definitely going to be a great tight end. However, tight ends historically take longer to break into the NFL than any other position. If you look at just like general success rates among rookie, rookie tight ends, quarterbacks have higher success as rookies than tight ends do. If you remember TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant coming out two years ago, they did not have good rookie years, and we all expected them to be top 10 tight ends. Neither of them were. Last year, TJ Hawkinson finally evolved. Noah Fant really did it. He's still taking a while. Now, maybe that's more Drew Locke's fault than Noah Fant's fault, but it's still the same story, different team. A rookie tight end taking longer to acclimate to the NFL. So if you are going to draft a Kyle Pitts, maybe you love Pat Fryermuth for some unknown reason, just make sure you have a backup plan because it takes a long time for a lot of tight ends. Take away Travis Kelsey and take away Gronk. Okay, no tight ends come into the NFL and play amazing right away. Darren Waller broke out when he was 29 goddamn years old. So, you know, just just make sure you have a backup plan. Tight end is such a wasteland. So many things can go wrong. And I know he's really going to be a wide receiver in Atlanta. They're already saying they might actually officially call him a wide receiver slash tight end. But just proceed with caution. Make sure you have a backup plan, at least in the later rounds. I'm not a big fan of picking two quarterbacks or two tight ends, but if it's a rookie, definitely. Chris, you raised your hand. Thank you for raising your hand. <laughs> you forgot Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> oh, how could I forget Aaron Hernandez? <laughs> no. I, I do like Kyle Pitts a lot, uh, like the highest drafted tight end in NFL history. How can you not? Yeah. That being said, I think he's the fifth tight end being taken off the board this year in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I waste? Am I going to spend a fifth or fourth round pick on Kyle Pitts? No. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's where I stand. Yeah. 
Nah, I'm with you. Meerkat, closing thoughts on Kyle Pitts? I mean, you know Matt Ryan likes his tight ends. Kyle does, Pitts yeah. has – I mean, he has the talent there. I'm not going to reach on him, but do I hate him being in that, like, five to nine tight end range of fantasy this year? Not at all. I mean, hopefully mm-hmm. Lee Smith's not stealing too many touchdowns from him. But, like, <laughs> in seriousness, you got to remember, yeah. like, Hayden Hurst, like, Matt Ryan and him have a good relationship after last year and stuff. He's he's solid. Um, I, I just – I don't know about Pitts. I'm I, someone I'm gonna want to take if he's on the board in like the fifth or the sixth round as my yeah. first like big upside rookie guy, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure. <laughs> he, he's closer in size to a prototypical wide receiver too than Russell Gages, so like mm-hmm. he does have that going for him. But it, it See, is a, he's yeah. gonna get so many targets. He's gonna be a exactly. top five tight end in targets if he produces at the he NFL level had. with those. You know. Mm-hmm. Then what? hell yeah, like take him, <laughs> take him early. But it, that's the question. Rookie tight ends translating historically need a year or two to really get going in the league. You saw mm-hmm. with like TJ Hawkinson, some guys like that. Um, so yeah, be wary on Pitts, but don't be afraid to take him. Oh no, I want him in at least could one. Be, league, he could win honestly. you a league, you know. Honestly, yeah. if you get him in the sixth round or something, he he wow. has potential to be a tight end, a top three tight end fantasy this year. I sure. pulled the trigger in the sixth round. Um, Sixth round, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. I'm uh, now that I'm thinking about it a bit. Like, okay, so fourth round, like, would you rather have Pitts or Tyler Lockett? You know what I mean? I would probably yeah. rather have Pitts, to be completely honest. I'm kind of. I mean, it depends on how your roster is constructed. I usually yeah. go two. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So it might be a little bleeding, but yeah, I, fifth, sixth round. Like, okay, so we we talk about you know the tight ends taking a little bit to break out. So mm-hmm. do you expect? Jay Hawkinson to have a better year than Kyle Pitts this year? Probably. Well, well, no, actually, no, actually, no, definitely not because Jared Goff and Matt Stafford just switched teams. So right. honestly, so he's the only big target on that team. Is the only yeah, I feel like it could be closer than people might expect. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and you know, you started talking about how you usually go don't go. You know, you usually try to get two running backs early. Great segue into uh, different draft strategies. So. Do you have – it sounds like, you know, you are in favor of going all running back in the first two – or at least two running backs in the first three rounds. I like. have a top six pick, yes. If yeah, I- and, and I'm happy you say that because it does matter where you pick in the draft order. Yeah. You want, like, you know, Gibson and, like, Miles Sick. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> You know, or would you know what I mean? So if there's if Diggs is on the board, it's between Diggs and Gibson. I probably think Diggs. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Gibson's a great running back, but if I have the opportunity to get two stud running backs um, in the first two rounds and taking it every single time, um, I'm not a fan of taking Kelsey in the first round, really, just because the one position it's just a premium position. Um, mm-hmm. These That's other. What... Mm-hmm. You're saying? Sorry. Uh, no, it's like I I always forget that Travis Kelsey is going in the first round this year now, which is yeah, it like it makes sense for how much he produces, but also it just doesn't really make a lot of sense whatsoever because he's a tight end. So like it is it is kind of dumbfounding to be honest. Right. I mean, you win the matchup every single week. I get it, but at the same time, now you're mm-hmm. the rest of the roster like you're playing catch up the rest of the the rest of the draft. So. Uh, yeah. Not not a big fan. I mean, if if you're on the board at nine and all the good running backs are gone and Devonta Adams, Terry Kale's gone, I'd still probably pick Diggs. But if Kelsey, uh, I, I wouldn't blame Kelsey. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Meerkat, when it comes to specific draft strategies, is there anything you like to subscribe to more than another one, or how, how do you approach it? Well, I'm with Chris. I, I go running back, running back. I mean, as long as I'm in the position to, I don't for have sure. like a crazy value receiver to grab or anything because that's the only other thing I look for. And, you know, I don't really love the top end of the receiver rankings this year. You know, Tyree Kill, just he's incredible, but I don't see him being the wide receiver one at the end of this year. Devontae mm-hmm. Adams, you have the questions with Aaron Rodgers, which is scary. And then Stefan Diggs is obviously – Stefan Diggs, but I, I can he do it again this year? I hope mm-hmm. so, but there's more mouths to feed on this offense now. There People are, are going to be looking for more. It, it's a tough go, so I'm going to keep to my running back strategy. Going to go RB, RB probably this season. A uh, few other things I do is I, unless I get the value at tight end, I keep tight end as kind of a stream position. Like unless I get yes. somebody real nice in like the fifth to eighth rounds, I really like they drop. I'm like, I need him. Um, I'll take like a lower upside guy, you know, like a Dawson Knox or something like that. And then stream, which is the same thing with defense and kicker. I don't go people like taking early defenses sometimes. I'm a straight streamer with both of them. Take them your final two rounds. I could have put yes. this in mistakes with people. Same. That's over- the other mistake yeah. I said I almost I, wanted to yeah, say. Yeah, I, I could have, I you know, taken <clears throat> any. You, you could just stream defenses every week. It's what I've been doing the past few years. It works great. Same thing with kickers. Yep. Just two positions that aren't at a premium at all, and people will draft them at a premium at times, especially defense very early, which I understand their logic behind it, and you know some leagues are different with their scoring, but those are things I'll stream. Uh, just load up on running backs, man, because there's a lot of good quarterbacks. There's guys who are going to get points, but the running backs are probably the most scarce position you're going to get. People are going to load up on them, and you need depth because there's so many injuries. There's so many just burnouts, things like that. Chris, were you uh, waving yeah. me up? I just wanted to add into that. Uh, so I completely agree. So you get two stud tight uh, running backs in the first two rounds. You can always get a Cole Beasley a plug in. Uh, yeah. yeah. Plug in. Mm-hmm. So you, you'll be hard pressed to find a great running back to plug into your running back spot and feel comfortable with it every single mm-hmm. later rounds. But to get a PPR monster like Cole Beasley or a step a guy who's great at route running, separating with Josh Allen's monster arm, you know, it, it, to get ten points out of your wide receiver three is fine, especially yeah. mm-hmm. great running backs. And I also <laughs> want, I just wanted to give a little uh, a little sneak uh, peek of who I'm looking at um, in the later rounds as tight end wise. Um, I've done a few mock drafts, uh, and I and I do see one name that's at the end of the draft that I usually plug into my tight end spot, and that's Eric Ebron. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. there now. Maybe he can be a little Zach Ertz esque. Uh, who knows? Carson Wentz loves uh, targeting the tight end, so Ebron is a streamer slash late round guy that I'm looking at just to fill in that hole. Um, mm-hmm. Just you know, stack up on other positions. Yeah, I love there, that. Oh, me too. Yeah, Eric, there are so many like tight ends who are like good enough to get by every single week, and like you know, you're talking about you can't do the same thing with running backs. You can kind of do the same thing with wide receivers. It's actually really easy to play the wide receiver against cornerback matchup and find the different types of players that you can throw into your flex, throw into your wide receiver spot. The league I won last year. I'll be honest. If I didn't hit, I hit on my first six picks of the draft, like really, really good, and I got lucky. 
because only one of them was a running back. <laughs> I started with Dalvin Cook, and then rounds two through six were Pat Mahomes and four wide receivers. I got Devontae Adams, I got Calvin Ridley, I got DK Metcalf, mm-hmm. and I got Devontae Parker. Like, that was – I managed to hit on all those. If I didn't hit on every single wide receiver, though, I could have gone from first place in the league, and I almost went undefeated. And I'm pretty sure it was Chris who beat me by less than, like, three points to make me not go undefeated. I'm still a little bitter about. But that's okay. I, I honestly had no business because the one week that I still won, I had LaMichael Pirine and Chase Edmonds in my starting running back slots. Those mm-hmm. weren't my flexes. Those weren't my flexes. And it was mm-hmm. LaMichael Pirine had a good game against the Patriots, and I was playing against what the Patriots fan in our league, and God damn it, that felt good. But, man, it shouldn't have felt good. I didn't deserve to win that, especially with how injury-prone Dalvin Cook is. So if you really think that you know, you're hitting on all your picks, like I saw Calvin Ridley fall to me in the like the fourth round and i'm like man he could be like he's the number one target in atlanta with a terrible defense that's great dk metcalf falls to me in the fifth holy shit is this really happening to me right now like it works if the value falls to you but i got lucky that the value fell to me so if you are going to go one running back early and maybe you don't intend on it let me preface it again i didn't intend on going one running back and then no no other running backs until round seven not in the plans whatsoever I just kind of thought that I found the value. I actually did, which is really new for me. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Was, that's one point too with like the running back strategy. The first two running backs don't take risks, take the workhorses, like take those guys who get at least 60 to 75% of the the action on offense for their teams that are proven. I, I'm a big risk taker, big young guy, but get those legitimate workhorses with the first two. Then you can have some fun with it. You know, you can get guys late like uh, JD McKissick, where if you're in a PPR oh league, he, he, he might get you 12 tar- catches. He had, yeah. he had 14 he, targets in one game last year. Yeah, like you, you get those running backs who are mainly just pass catchers out of the backfield, and some teams abuse that, and it, it pays off for you in fantasy because you can get them late. As long as you're in a PPR or half PPR, they might get, you know, zero rushes in a game, but pay out basically as a receiver. And you can get mm-hmm. value on guys like those late. And same thing with uh, guys who are younger in a weird situation. Like one name, one guy we'll get into and we go later into mm-hmm. shows will be Zach Moss, who I'm still a believer in, or, you know, guys like that. And then rookies. So, you get those workhorses right away though, because there's so much flux at running back and then you can have fun with it throughout the draft with all those type of things. You can find value anywhere, even in the final round, but you're not going to be taking running back in the final round. You're going to be taking a kicker or defense or you're crazy. Or you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so would Najee Harris as a running back to be risky? To as a running back two, absolutely not. As a running back two, no. As a running back one, yeah, because that's where he's going. They, their offensive line is so bad, though. Uh, we'll, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it later with Najee. I won't get into it yeah. now, but I think he's being overhyped this year for fantasy. Not that I don't like him as a prospect. Not that yeah. I don't think he's going to be the lead back in Pittsburgh. But I just want to see what – I don't know. He's just a guy that I think is going to be overdrafted mm-hmm. this year. Not that he's going to be a bust. He, yeah. I just think he's going to be overdrafted. And that's one thing we're going to talk about a lot, I'm sure, is mm-hmm. like how you talk about opportunity, touches, snap counts. Like one thing that I'm looking for, and I'm going to be doing an article, not this week, but next week, about you know where the most vacated snaps and touches are. Those are the guys in the offenses you want to target. I'm like you know where uh, where you know 
Detroit just lost Kenny Galladay. That's 120 some odd targets that are gone now. Where are they going to go? That's a, that's an offense you want to invest in. What was that? Hawkinson. Oh yeah, probably Hawkinson. But don't yeah. spoil my article. <laughs> uh, so we got one more uh, one more thing to touch on for fantasy football 101, and we will get out of here. And this is just a fun take on it. Fun rules, fun leagues that you can get a part of. Good, just good ways to shake up the fantasy football season. Uh, and so, uh, Meerkat, start with you this time. You've been going second, so so we'll shake it up a little bit. What's one way that you like to shake up your leagues? Well, I won't go into guillotines because I know you want to touch on them. I'll just bounce off what you say. But, uh, you know, I'm in a couple dynasties. Dynasties are cool with, you know, depending how many players you're allowed to keep at the end of the year, you know, rookie type stuff. There's a lot of things that can go into it. But, you know, being able to roll over a season and keep a player or two from your team and give up the associated pick most of the time, you know, like a Josh Allen, somebody I took in the seventh round of my one dynasty last year. I'm throwing the keeper right on him because he's, you know, going to be a guy drafted in the first three rounds in most drafts. Um, And that makes it worth it. It's fun. And then leagues like that usually do a separate rookie draft every year too, because of everything. And just drafting rookies is kind of cool because, you know, the the board is completely different. There's only a few surefire guys who aren't even surefire. And it's a lot of just taking upside, a lot of risks there. So it's cool how those play out, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, you know, I haven't done anything too crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I like the guillotines. Dynasties are fun. But, <laughs> I, I, I don't, you know, I'm still in a ESPN standard league, not even a PPR with, like, you know, a few old friends and stuff. And that's even enjoyable, just kicking it back to the roots. But uh, one thing, I've been in a league once where I wish I knew more leagues like it. IEPs where you have the individual defensive players. Yeah, uh, I wanted you know to the that. league. I played in one where it was you only had one, and then I played in another where there was seven, and it was like the seven wow. was really fun, you know, because it's tracked. So many different stats are tracked and stuff, and you yeah. go so deep, and it's just so <laughs> you know you stream a lot of those defensive positions based on matchups and stuff, even and yeah, it, it, that's a wild time, but it's something I haven't done in a while. IDP I feel like would be a lot more fun in Dynasty, to be completely honest. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that would be a lot more fun to have, like, you know, like like two people on the defensive line, two linebackers, two secondary people. I feel like that'd be – Chris and I might be starting a dynasty league this year, so I'm going to be taking notes. <laughs> but uh, you did touch on guillotine, so so I'll get into that. And and my, my only gripe with guillotine leagues is that there's no free website, to my knowledge, that lets you host it. Nope. If, if I'm right, if I'm wrong, and someone in the comments let me know. Uh, but, you know, I know RT Sports you have to pay for – uh, NFFC, you have to pay for. They're always you so complicated too. And the, Terrible yeah. like, interfaces. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so it's, you can do it on ESPN. It makes a little more work for the commissioner. And that was me last year. So I'm actually the perfect person to tell you about this. And I'm never the perfect person for anything. So this is huge for me. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's it's an absolute blast. If you don't know how Guillotine League works, maybe, maybe we've baited the hook without letting the fish know what's on the hook, uh, is that, uh, you know, you basically you have 17, 18, maybe even 19 people this year with the with the extended season. And they all draft before the league starts, and it's no head to have matchups. Whoever is the lowest scoring team every single week, that's the team that gets eliminated. Well, Chris? That's cool. I, I don't know. I didn't know what it was. Oh, really? Oh shit. Oh, right. You weren't in my gear. Oh yeah, Ryan was in my guillotine league last year, right? Well, we have an open spot now, so you're in. <laughs> But yeah, so then every single week when your team is eliminated, everybody gets dropped to waivers. Then everybody who's left has a fab budget, which is free agent budget. 
and a bid on everybody that dropped two waivers. At the end of the season, I was in the final three teams, and the final three teams were in the last week. So first, second, and third, the money spots all got determined in the last week of the season. Mm -hmm. I had Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes as my quarterback. If I played Allen instead of Mahomes, I would have gone from third to first. It was the it was the uh, it was the the New England week. Mm-hmm. It was the bad New England game, and so it's just a ton of fun. The best team can lose any given week. If you are within five points of of being eliminated, you are sweating it out. It is hands down the most fun league you can be a part of. However, if you do lose week one, you basically paid fifty dollars for a mock draft, and that is the funniest yeah. joke that you. Can, that's the funniest rip you can ever have on someone for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, guillotine leagues are super fun. Maybe. We'll start one up with the train wreck people and some listeners. That might be a fun thing to do. So yeah, yeah, yeah that that would actually be a really fun thing to do. So one yeah, thing we'll- I uh, really like about mm-hmm. the guillotines personally because last year was my first year doing it. I finished second, which I was like, oh wow, okay. But yeah. <laughs> uh, mistake I made, but it's cool how you know when a player loses, their whole team is put into free agency. But those players you have to bid on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, people were like in our group chat, people were like hoping a team, like we would look at the standings. There'd be like Monday night football left and we'd <laughs> yeah. be praying the one guy's team would just have an off night because he'd have like right? you know, Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams somehow on his team. And then mm-hmm. you can, everybody would have at it with bidding. But the one thing I did was I spent all my money in like week three and <laughs> it really, really left me handicapped, you know, coming championship week and stuff for some things, but it's just, it's a really fun league. So it doesn't flash. It's you get the same amount of fab over the of the whole season. Yeah, whole like mine yeah. started with a hundred bucks, and it, you know I spent it all week three, and I was out for the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris, uh, over to you. Fun, fun league ideas, fun rules, ways to shake up your fantasy leagues. Yeah, I'm in a I'm in a dynasty league. It's uh, I'll just get into the specifics of it. So it's you keep four players. Mm-hmm four players and you can keep one rookie and then you lose the round you draft uh you drafted the rookie in the next draft of course yeah so that's where it came in where i had the first overall pick and i didn't want clyde edwards Alaire, so i traded down to two mm-hmm. replenished my third round pick that i lost the year before and then drafted jk dobbins um mm-hmm. so those He's got dobbins in the third that's unbelievable yeah, I mean, because he he was behind Ingram. There was Gus Edwards. There was, you know, who did they draft the year before? Uh, Hill, whenever it was in Justice Hill. Oh, Justice yeah. Hill. I was a big Justice Hill guy. Goddamn. <laughs> I was a big Gus Edwards guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then it resets every four years. So on the fourth year, you redraft, and, and the whole starts over again. So I like it because it's enough dynasty um, where if you have an off draft night, you're not after for the next 10 years, you get a reset in four years. Um, mm-hmm. And in, in, in those type of things, you can trade future picks. It's mm-hmm. a, a lot more strategy. Um, so I do, I, I love those. I love that league. It's one of my favorite ones. I won it last year. Worst of mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> first, you know, if I won the league, it would be my favorite too. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> one one more one more fun thing that I have, and I don't know if you guys have any more, so maybe we'll wrap after this. In my one league, we have an additional prize for the champion, and that's that the last place person, after the end of the league, after the loser's bracket, so you have to play the entire thing out, has to buy the first place, the champion, a jersey from someone on their team. Oh, that's cool. Okay, and that's cool. It is I my first year. As commissioner, I had to uphold it. 
because we said it was going to be, uh, you know, after the losers bracket, and I missed the playoffs with some garbage. I'm not gonna lie, it was a little bit of garbage. Then I forgot to set my lineup. Not forgot. I neglected to set my lineup because I just <laughs> didn't want to look at the ESPN app anymore. And then because of that, I ended up in last place. So then they were like, "Wait, aren't you going to buy me the Christian McCaffrey jersey?" And I was like, "Oh wait, I have to do that." <laughs> right. This is my rule, isn't it? <laughs> but it's a really fun thing to do. Um, and you know, if the person who's in last place doesn't want to do it the rule we have is that you're out of the league. So, and your league fee goes into that. So you're not stuck with $50 for the league fee plus the price of a Jersey league Mm -hmm. fee comes out of it. So you only have to drop like $120 instead of 175 or whatever the hell it is. I don't know, (laughs) but it's a fun way to do it. Extra prize for the winner. Um, But you know, I think that'll wrap it for us here today. Any other parting wisdoms, parting fantasy thoughts from you two to the uh, fantasy community? I'm good. I, I got all my <laughs> kicker defense uh, frustrations out. So I'm happy we could do that for you. That's your outlet. This is your outlet for that. And make sure, you know, you guys have an outlet too. It's Outlet Liquor. There, the place that I got this red, white, and berry Smirnoff. Holy hell, it tastes exactly like those popsicles from the from Mr. Brownie, the ice cream man. Oh, my uh, God. Pops. Yeah, the Rocket Pops or whatever yeah. the hell they were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, any parting fantasy wisdoms before we get out of here? Um, go Bells. God bless. That's the best way to end it. Only one other way to end the show, as we do in true train wreck fashion. Good night now.